0: Welcome to Life in the Bike Lane. This is episode one of a new podcast about cycling here in Vancouver from the perspective of a couple of pretty below-average cyclists, to be honest. Um, and my name is Sean Armenta, and our co-host is... How are you doing today, Hassan? <coughs> oh,
1: I'm doing good. <laughs> I had like to clear <laughs> my throat, and now I'm doing really great. Hopefully there's no scratching involved, but... I'm excited for this episode one we saw this podcast to talk about the cycling culture to talk about the nuances about being a cyclist here but first we're going to introduce ourselves
0: that's right um, I work as a bike mechanic currently over at Land Yachts Bikes right here in Vancouver I started out as a photographer professionally and I just transitioned into a different passion uh, which is bikes how about you?
1: I am a chemical engineer. I went to university to be a chemical engineer, and then that didn't work out. I had an internal dilemma on career, life, everything, up ended my entire life, ended up becoming doing my MBA from University of Alberta, and now I am a faculty member at a local university teaching MBA students on small business management. I am a business advisory consultant with several startups in the clean tech and sustainability industry. I just keep changing stuff and cycling is one of the things I do here now.
0: So tell me, Hassan, what, what was your earliest memory of being on a bike?
1: Earliest memory of me being on a bike definitely has to be when I was roughly five, six years old, it was me riding down the street. Which is really, really, really big for a five-year-old. Sure. And I remember just having fun, screaming down. And the other memory is is always on the bike, downhills, running away from my parents,
0: riding away from my parents. (laughs) Always trying to get away from the parents. And this was where? I want to say this was London. London? London. I
1: spent three years in London. That was my vivid memories of England, riding my bicycle in parks. And that was
0: awesome. On my BMX on the BMX. I think most kids start 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 off with a BMX.
1: Yeah. But Sean, what about you? Do you remember your first ride?
0: Yeah, it was actually quite terrifying now that I think about it. I have such a vivid memory of it because it was such a <laughs> near-death experience for me. Um, my uncle was the one who taught me how to ride a bike and um, he wasn't my real uncle. He was kind of like a neighbor, but in Mm -hmm. the Philippines, everyone's your uncle kind of thing. But anyways, yeah, so he would, you know, run behind me and have his hand on the seat or somewhere on the bike while I was pedaling. And then I guess at one point he figured that I had, you know, enough balance um, in me to let go of the bike. And I, you know, I had no idea that he had not been holding onto the bike anymore. And he was very happy. Like he was just like, yeah, you're doing it.
1: You're on your own. He's so
0: proud, right? Yeah. And I turned around and immediately panicked because I realized at that point that he was nowhere near me. And I also panicked because I realized I was going downhill. And this was one of those bikes that had a coaster brake. So you didn't have the brake levers on the bar. You had to like back pedal to brake. And I felt like I was hurtling down this. It was probably a very small hill but just going faster than I was comfortable with and just panic stricken. And so any, any knowledge of how to break this bike was just out the window, approaching what looked like a very busy intersection. And I could see the cars zipping back and forth. And I remember at one point I would, I was trying to just figure out a way to stop. And so I remember focusing on a telephone pole, Okay. Big wooden telephone pole. And I was like, you know what? If I aim for this telephone pole, I will just crash into it and I'll stop. Yeah. As I got closer to the telephone pole, I realized that would probably hurt. And I swerved out of the way (laughs) last minute. That was a smart move. (laughs) You smart move. And so still going towards this intersection. And then finally, as I entered the intersection and saw the cars coming towards me, I just ditched the bike. I just forced myself to fall over. Screeching tires, the whole nine, my uncle, whose face was white at this point, just sprinting towards me. Needless to say, I didn't get run over, but that was my <laughs> experience of learning how to ride a bike. And that was my very first uh, memory of it anyways. But yeah.
1: <laughs> that was your first core memory, was, I guess. Yes. It was like, I saw life as, as much as I had. Yeah. But at least you are riding cars now at an older age.
0: Kind of. Kind of.
1: I heard something happened to you more recently, again, with cars. Yeah. Just. Or even a golf cart.
0: Yeah, or a golf cart. I mean, it's. that's that's definitely something we'll talk about at, at length in a different episode. But yeah, cars and bikes, Just we need to get along. We just don't. But we do. We, we need to get along. We do. It has yeah. to be
1: one love. One As love. Bob says, one love. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Oh, that's good. So, first memories... Yours involves almost being hit by cars. Mine involves riding away from home. Yeah. Clearly, we enjoy being out there in the open. Yeah. So, tell us about your bike history. Like, that was your first memory. Yeah. How are you still biking today?
0: So, my first bike, the one that almost killed me, you know, had a banana seat with, like, kind of, like, high-rise kind of bars. And I remember there were streamers at the end of the (laughs) bar ends, uh, there was a big flag that came off of the the seat as well. So that was, you know, typical like cruiser kind of thing. Graduated to a BMX when I was probably 6th grade, maybe 5th or 6th grade. You know, used that to go get to and from school. And then after that bike, I really didn't have a bike anymore. Like I it, it just wasn't uh, you know, a big enough part of my life where I always, you know, was on a bike. So I didn't pick up riding again until much later in life and that was not until 2015. Um mm-hmm. and that was on a proper drop bar road bike. It had Sora group set, 9 speed group set on it that, you know, my my friends kind of helped me put together so that I could ride with them. Okay. Um, and that was my entry into what cycling is to me now.
1: Interesting. I remember mine, I had the BMX when I was in London. Yeah. We moved back to Karachi, Pakistan.
0: Yeah.
1: And we still had the BMX. I remember every single time, well, not every single time, but let's say most weekdays, but my parents went for the siesta, afternoon naps, right? Sure. So that was always a big thing. You put your kids to sleep in the afternoon, so that way you get some sleep. Instead of so my mom used to fall asleep, I would just sneak out of the house, take my bicycle, and ride around the entire neighborhood. Yeah. For like an hour, hour and a half. And this is the days before cell phones. So, like, she had no clue where I was. I would come home after an hour and a half and get my ass whooped. Yeah, okay. For leaving the house without telling anyone. Who knows what could have happened. (laughs) All I wanted to do was ride my bike, be outside. Yeah,
0: the sense of freedom, you know, that you didn't have when you were a kid because you were just cooped up in the house. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then
1: these are the small houses, right? Like, In Karachi, for me, it was like a really tiny house at that time. I moved back from London. And then, I think after a year or two of having the bike, it broke. So, the seat pole just disintegrated, I want to say, because that seems (laughs) a cool word. So, it disintegrated. Was it carbon? (laughs) No. It just, like, vanished. (laughs) But, apparently, I had overgrown, like, I was too big for my bike. Yeah, It snapped. And then, I was devastated. It was, like, annoying, traumatic, because... I didn't like walking. I didn't yeah. like running. i like, how do I roll in style? Yeah. No more BMX. And I remember all of a sudden, one day, my dad and my brother came back. They had gotten the seat welded so I could start riding again. Nice. So I had, like, a BMX with a, with a welded-on seat post again. Yeah. And I rode it. But then I think as you get older, you don't get a new bike. And then that was it. I remember borrowing my uncle's bike. It was a steel bike. Mm-hmm. 23-millimeter tires, I think. Okay. It was getting punctured every other day. I kept that for, like, four months. like, no more. I can't just keep fixing punctures. It's like a nightmare. <laughs> and then I didn't cycle. I just, like, rented into motorcycles, got a car. Right, right. And then I picked up my first hot tail in 2013 when I was in Abu Dhabi. So it was, like, a span of almost 20 years. So let's say 15 years till my next wow. bike. and hot tail, Used that in Abu Dhabi, the way in Islamabad, up in the mountains there. Okay. And then I sold it off when coming to Canada.
0: Yeah.
1: I've got a cyclocross bike from my buddy, oh, for my buddy Pierre. Mm-hmm. He was French and he gave me a perfect opus, drop down bar oh, yeah. opus. And it was great. I put like a thousand kilometers in a month right during the pandemic. The next thing I know in 2020, I'm wearing spandex right and i have a bike but i'm going gravel biking all the time now
0: yeah i think that's 2020 was was such a big year for cycling wasn't it <laughs> oh I, <laughs> like, I want to the say COVID COVID years. Randy, If it wasn't that no one would be out right now <laughs> the COVID era that was i think a lot of people's introduction or reintroduction to you know cycling and cycling seriously because it was such a boom
1: based on that when did you get into vancouver oh how yeah
0: so I when I started cycling back in in twenty fifteen at the time living in Los Angeles in the long Beach area, and you know, it was it's great because that area is is flat as a pancake that there's absolutely no hills unless you kind of like leave the city and and go, you know, go try to find one. Yeah, but there's never one that will just spring up and say, "Hello, hey, you're welcome. you're you're on a hill. No, it's just dead straight. Like you could, you could ride three directions for at least 30 miles and not even notice a hill. That's how – because it's beach, right? It's right along the beach. You have the trail that just – it's a seaside trail, much like we have here in Vancouver. Uh, if you go kind of inland, basically it just follows the uh, one of the aqueducts. Okay. You know, so it's – I mean, it, it, it leads up into the mountains, but it's so long that they don't need an incline like it's if anything it's like a false flat so like gradually you're kind of going uphill but you never really feel it but yeah so when we moved here um right before covid hit actually around now september this is like our the anniversary anniversary Wait. yeah 2019 man right. so yeah i had two bikes at the time okay two steel frame like 80s vintage road bikes that i had built up we didn't really have the room to take them on okay. uh, with us, um, so I ended up selling them, knowing that I would buy another bike over here. That was the goal. So when I moved, w- we moved over here. I had a specific bike in mind, and it would, had kind of been like my quote-unquote dream bike for a couple of years, and that was the Giant Revolt. Oh, those are sweet. Because it was a gravel bike, and it was one of those kind of like do-it-all bikes. You can ride it on road. You can go on gravel trails. And that's kind of really what attracted me to it. You know, I didn't have to have a couple of different bikes, knowing that also we probably wouldn't have the room to store a bunch of bikes. So that was kind of like the, you know, one and done. So when I went to uh, Giant Vancouver to buy the bike, at the time we were living in British properties. That was the first place we moved into from, from L.A. Okay. It's very steep over there. It is a... Like, even with a car, you're like, wow, I, is my car going to make it up this hill? Like, that's how steep it it's is. like, why do you have roads going that Right. Steep? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they should have, like, a gondola just to take you to your house. Yeah, like small but, L escalators, like, yeah, just yeah. right up. So, anyways, I remember telling Percent Giant, I was like, hey, I live in a place with a lot of elevation, a lot of hills. I was like, I just want to make sure I have the right gearing. Okay. <laughs> so, then they were like, yeah, no, this is 2 by. Uh huh. It's a 48:32, and then you have an 11:34 in the back. So you have like you know better than one-to-one gearing. You 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 can climb. This is what they said. You can climb anything with this bike.
1: That's what they said.
0: I was like sick. Sign me up. This is <laughs> this is it. <laughs> and I remember driving the bike home, and then it's so excited, put on my kit, headed out. By the way, the driveway to our place at the time, easily like fifteen percent. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wall to get up to the to the house from the from the street. Um, so headed down, of course, I love descending. So I'm like, cool, yeah, descend, and then I'm just gonna climb back up. I didn't even get that far. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna turn turn around here, and I'm gonna try one of these climbs with my new low gearing. I got one block, and I was so out of breath that I had to call. My partner Lindsay to come pick me up. (laughs) She came. She just looked at you like, "I I, told
1: you so." I I
0: kid you not, I probably was barely a kilometer from the house. And, I mean, God bless her. Thank you, thank you, Lindsay, for coming to pick me up. But yeah, and at that point, I was like, "How do people do this?" Because driving up up and down through there, I see some seniors.
1: Oh. On road
0: bikes, not gravel bikes. They're on road bikes. Yeah, they don't have like a thirty-four. They're probably like on a twenty-eight because it's an old road bike. So it, it, clearly. they got
1: it when they were like forty. Sure. So yeah. now they're eighty, and they—that's what they know.
0: They're just going. They—they they don't look like they're dying. They're going up. They're not fast, but they're going up and just seem to be able to talk. Yeah, <laughs> they
1: have conversations. And it's like amazing. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I'm like, what? What is up? What? What is? What is with this? And slowly realized. Vancouver has some of the strongest cyclists I've ever seen. And like, I am well below average.
1: It's a nightmare. Like I same thing with me. When I first came, I was riding in Edmonton and it was it is relatively flat Edmonton, right? Like okay. flat orders are there for a reason. <laughs> but like going to River Valley system and like it was fun. Like the descents weren't that hard. Like going up yeah. and going up one hill, I was like, oh, this is a hard hill. Right, like this is really tough. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. The first day I came to Vancouver. I was in Burnaby, went down the Royal Oak Street. Yeah. And like Buckingham Palace. Yeah. And I remember just like screaming. It's like, who the hell made these bike paths? <laughs> like, this is a climb. This are like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and but slowly and surely, I started going up to the North Shore. And everywhere in the next couple of weeks, oh. I was going like, what the hell, people? Yeah. Like this is ridiculous. Yeah. But now it's like, this is fine. It's okay.
0: You get used to it. Like, we, we got our fitness up, right? Oh, yeah. But uh, it's, I remember just kind of, every, at every turn, there was just a hill to greet you. Like, hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah, just make sure, <laughs> making sure you're still alive.
1: Oh, yeah. As soon as you think you're done, you're like, I'm done. It's okay. I'm going to coast home. Yeah. No, no, no. coasting home. You... It's time for you to go up another hill. Yeah. Uh, get up the you... hill, and then you coast for a bit, and then you just go downhill.
0: There's no getting away. There's no getting away from these hills. Um This is
1: Vancouver. This is, is Vancouver. Like the entire like, lower
0: mainland. If you wanted a flat place to ride, you would go south to Richmond.
1: richmond for, the West Dyke Trails and sorry. But even to get there, you gotta go but, over. That's oh. what I'm saying.
0: So to even get there, you had to get over the hump, which is by Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. Which is like the kind of peak of Vancouver metro. And then you're downhill. But then you have to go back home. So, you have to go back up
1: Well, together. it's not even now. you go downhill, but then you go to the bridges. You're Alex Fraser. Right. You're the, all these different bridges. They're just as annoying. Right. And coming up Ontario some days, like, oh.
0: Do you know why I I paid for the Strava subscription? Why did you pay for the Strava subscription? Because there's a feature on there that's only available to subscribers that when you make your route, uh-huh. you in a route in Strava, there's a button that says minimize <laughs> elevation. Really? <laughs> yeah. So, when you click on that, it will kind of redo the map so that it may take longer, but you're doing less hills. hmm
1: Yeah. I do it the other way. I go, drive around, scope out everything, and then just make the plan. I've gone on bike rides where I refuse to go over the bridge yeah. because I know I can go on a way less elevated path. Right. More comfortable. One thing I want to ask you now is, I have a giant revolt. Is that why yeah. your are friends?
0: Is that what? Is, is that, that why we are friends?
1: friends now? Because I have the same bike and I've realized here if you're in a cycling club slash cult, yes. you gotta have the same bike. Yeah. You gotta have like a different bike and be friends some days. There
0: there is like, you know, like all the specialized people kinda hang out together, uh, all yeah. the giant people. It's one of those things. It's unavoidable. I'd like to hope that we're friends because it's more than that. But yes, I think At the time uh, we met, I was doing a personal photography project where I was shooting portraits of people riding either a giant bike or a live bike, simply because I then got a job at Giant Vancouver, uh, where I was a mechanic over there. It was uh, fascinating to me, like, how unique everybody's relationship is with their bicycle, whether you're a racer or you commute with it every day you know, you have this relationship with your bicycle and I kind of wanted to feature that. So anyways, you,
1: but yeah, I remember like seeing that on Instagram, popping it up because I saw you do another photo shoot for a
0: local business. Yeah. Our friend Lola, who uh, was making cycling kits based here in Vancouver. And we, you know, we like to support the local businesses, of course. So yeah,
1: I remember seeing that and I'm like, interesting. He's calling people. I have a giant bike. Yeah. Should I do it? I did it. And then I remember you were so excited because I said, like, what type of bike do I have? I got, like, a Revolve gravel. You got a gravel bike? Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? I want to do, let's do Spirit
0: Park. Yeah. And I remember, like, you said, like, yes, finally somewhere. Yeah, because you were literally the only person with a gravel bike who responded to my post. Everybody else had road bikes. And that's it. I, oh, well, we had, I had some people who responded with mountain bikes and I wanted to do those. But not owning a mountain bike was kind of hard. Because then I couldn't meet them at the, you know, at the Black Diamond trip, whatever it is. But anyways, yeah, so I was so stoked that... I think it was called Hades' Loop of Hell <laughs> across the River <laughs> of death. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I was just so stoked that you had, you know, signed up. Yeah, we met at Pacific Spirit Regional Park and had a good time, took some good pictures. And here we are now. Uh, how many years? A couple of years? It's been a couple
1: of years and like, you know... I remember going to and Lift, the store the other day. Yeah. With Lola, in fact. It
0: was with oh, Lola, yeah, we yeah. were
1: there. And this lady comes up and is like, I know you. I was like, You do? Like, yeah, I remember the jersey. I'm Lindsay, Siobhan's partner. I was like, Really, this is my, how you recognized because of yes. my Cookie Monster jersey—the
0: infamous Cookie Monster jersey. Yeah, that like, gets a lot of attention here in town when you ride it.
1: It does. Like it's one of those things. But like I remember, that was a birthday gift. Yeah, I got as a birthday gift okay. from my brother and my aunt and uncle. Okay, I was cycling. I was cycling in a t-shirt and gym shorts.
0: Yeah, I like, like, gym like shorts. most people I was, like, do when they start. Sure,
1: I was like I can't wear spandex. Like I don't look that good. Like <laughs> no, no one wants to see this, but they got
0: me. Hasan, 99% of people don't like good <laughs> in, in, in spandex, trust me. You have to be, like, elite athlete to, like, oh, yeah, that dude looks good in this in this getup. But it's comfortable.
1: Oh, it is. It's so comfortable. And, like, now, like, I don't care what people think. Yeah. I will wear my spandex everywhere. Oh, yeah. Almost well, everywhere. I
0: mean, I'm, I'll be 50 in a few months. I'm 50 years old. I don't care, dude. <laughs> Who am I trying to impress at this point? Oh, I, I just agree. want to be comfortable. Oh, yeah, <laughs> comfortability possible. is great. Yeah. When you first got it, were you like cool, I'm so excited to wear this Cookie Monster jersey. Or were you like, really, guys?
1: Come on. No, no. So I was actually looking for different stuff. It was like, you're browsing. Okay. And then my brother saw it on Amazon, right? Yeah, like, yeah. hey, this keeps popping up. It was like, yeah. And I just want to say, I am hilarious. So it worked you, out fine. You are. You, just, you wear like, it well. I, I I try to be humble about it, but goddamn, <laughs> I sometimes really make, yeah, <laughs> hilarious. But like, they give it to me. It was like, it was always the same thing because I would come back from bike, right? And just munch the shit out of stuff. Like cookies and ice. Yeah. And I was like, this is what you do. Like, this is what the Cookie Monster is. Yeah. Right. And that, that became my signature. So when yeah. I did the photo shoot, it was, the last, it's on my freaking Tinder profile. Yeah. Not. Hinge, change profile. Yeah. Cookie Monster jersey. But it was great. So that was the thing. Like, my type of writing now is just gravel. Yeah. It's getting into the forest, getting dirty a bit, but, like, not getting so crazy that you break your bones. Sure, and there's a lot of challenging gravel rides, like going to Pitt River, right, going up to Golden Ears, Fisherman's Wharf. Yeah, I think that's the reason why I only have a gravel bike. Yeah, like when I go on the road, I see guys riding the road, Mm -hmm. going fast as possible, thirty-five kilometers per hour, doing ridiculous amounts. But for me, it's
0: I need gravel. It's it's almost like the safer option these days, isn't it?
1: Almost dogs are. The challenging part, some days.
0: Yeah, I mean, aggressive dog is very few and far between. I've experienced. I have been ran down by a couple of dogs once, um, but safer, yeah. So overall, safer overall for safer. sure. Like, oh, uh, you know what? I'll take the dog over the car. Yeah, trying to kill me. But yeah, it's it's nice. You you feel immediately kind of in tune with nature. Uh, you're out there. You're not doing anything too crazy. But it is challenging climbing up hills on on loose loose surfaces, descending on loose surfaces is a lot of fun, makes you feel alive. But yeah, for me, it's mostly, you know, like I just love being in a forest and riding a bike in a forest is quite a unique experience. And it's just like, I think that's my favorite. Like if we're talking about my favorite kind of gravel riding, it would be in a forest for sure.
1: Any specific forest you have around here?
0: Well, no, like I don't have like, I mean, you know, I'm, I guess fairly new to the whole thing. So I just I don't have a lot a lot of experience to draw from, but like I like fishermen's, you know. Fishermen's, I like Squamish. I've been there a couple of times. I really like that cuz you it really makes you feel like, hey man, like I'm kind of like out here, you know. Yeah. Even though you're not really.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty, right? It's like that's one thing about riding around the lower mainland, Vancouver.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember
1: having this one ride which I called was basically end up going from Burnaby, you end up at a beach, you end up in a forest. Yeah. You end up in the mountain. Yeah. You end up downtown in a metropolitan area. Yeah. You end up in a suburb.
0: Yeah.
1: Old and an eighty kilometer ride.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's You get
1: almost everything.
0: It's pretty great. We're we're pretty lucky to, to live to live here, I think, and ride here, for sure.
1: You kind of know people now through the cycling community? Sure, yeah. And that would happen to me as well, right? Like how do you get to make friends because Vancouver yeah. It's cliquey. There's circles. Sure. And even with the same thing is how do you kind of find new people to meet, new people to hang out with? Yeah. I think this is one of the reasons that we connect over cycling is like how can you go talk to someone? Yeah. How do you make new friends? And especially where a lot of people come here three years ago, four years ago. Right. Right. Making new friends, I think this way we wonder we kind of want to share our views. Yeah. And like what happens is, are people polite here? That's always a ca- question, right? <laughs> like, what is exactly a casual ride?
0: Right. What, is it, what does no drop really mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, I've still yet to figure that out sometimes.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, these are the things we're going to be discussing over the course of this season of episodes.
1: Yeah, I am excited to go on my mini rants on why no one says hello to me. <laughs> on these massive pelotons pa- taking up the entire road and like not a single person waves. Yeah. When you're up a hill. Yeah. Like, hey, just draft us, we'll save you. But like, no.
0: At any rate, we're glad you are along for the ride and uh, subscribe to this podcast and we'll talk to you next time right here on Life in the Bike Lane.